Welcome to the Ashburnham Golf Club Members Podcast, where you can get to know some of our members, stay up to date with current affairs, and even hear from some of our staff members. Here's your host, your head PGA professional, Tom Davis. Hello, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, we're still good morning here at the moment. Uh, it is Wednesday the 24th of February. We're going to try and uh, put this podcast out this afternoon. Um, but we've got a quite an interesting podcast for everyone today, for all of the members. And I thought it'd be quite interesting to get uh, just another golf club's perspective on what they've gone through 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 lockdown, kind of maybe what some of their members... Um, uh, I've been struggling with through lockdown, uh, like as everyone's in different situations, you know, with the the local restrictions, the the travelling ban, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I thought it'd be really good just to get another golf club's perspective. And on the podcast today, we've got uh, our manager, Damien. Damien, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Tom. Good. Uh, and we've also got uh, a, a bit of a legend, uh, a good friend of mine who I've known for a long time. Uh, I used to work with. Uh, with him in uh, Machanis back in the day. Uh, Andrew Minty, how are you? Very good, thanks Tom. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's 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 our honour, honestly. Um, and I look forward to having, a, to having a chat with you. So, and just give us uh, and, and the listeners and the members uh, a bit of a background on, on you, uh, what golf club you're at, of course. I'm sure some of the members will already know. Um, and, and perhaps uh, a little bit of a background on your career as well. Sure, no problem. Um, from Langland Bay Golf Club. Um, I've been here for 11 years. Been in the golf industry now for 23 years coming up this year, so uh, a very, very long time. Uh, PGA qualified the same as yourself. Um, gone through a lot of the different management structures and management qualifications with the PGA. Um, and yeah, really enjoying it. Just, like I say, 11 years here, a couple of very tricky years the last few. But uh, but all in all, all in all, pretty good, yeah. Just, just out of interest... Um, you say you've been at Langland for 11 years. Um, where were you before Langland Bay? Uh, I was at Machanis Peninsula. I was there for five years when it first opened. Uh, so I worked my way through from uh, teaching pro to golf sales, ended up with uh, golf operations manager then, looking after the golf department. Okay, okay. Um, I obviously know that because I, I, I worked with you there for, for quite a bit, uh, which was, yeah. they, they, were, they were fun years to be fair. Great times. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite interesting looking back on those to be to be honest, and and certainly, you know, looking how the product in Machanis has changed so much uh, over the years is um, yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. Yeah, big time. What what about before you got into Machanis? Where where were you then? Uh, I was actually at Langland Bay. Oh, okay, uh, Bay as assistant pro. So. Um, yeah, I just stayed local all my life, to be honest. wanted to go into the police initially from a very young age. My, most of my family were in the police force, so I thought it was going to be something I would go into. But uh, I got pretty good at golf, just turned pro and went through the PGA structure. And then uh, everything, luckily, has been quite local. Okay, so you've you've almost gone like full circle uh, from Langland where you were an assistant there. I'm assuming you were a junior member there as well and played all your junior golf there. I wasn't. I was a junior member at the Gower Golf Club. Oh, was you okay? Yeah. We're a bit of Fairwood where I first started, uh, and then came to Langland from that. Then uh, okay, so do you, like from a junior perspective, who did you play junior golf for? Was it Fairwood or for Gower? For Gower. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I'm just trying to think yeah. if uh, if I would have played you when I was a junior because we were roughly about the same age, even though I looked much younger. 
you look far far younger. You you would have beaten me if you played me back then, but uh, <laughs> no, I can't <laughs> so, so you're now kind of like working through your career then, right? So you've gone from uh, from Langham Bay uh, to McInnes. Like I know your journey through McInnes there, where we literally started working in the shop together. Um, you progressed there. Yeah, exactly. I I, I, rem- I remember it. You were there in your little hairdresser's car. Yeah, it was a grey. <laughs> MG convertible, if I remember. Yeah, you got too good a memory now. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> that was back in the day where I did have hair, and I genuinely thought that somebody was coming just to cut my hair in the morning. But you come out to the car, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. But I kind of know the way in which you kind of progressed there, and you know, you you progressed very very quickly. Um, I think you might have been already qualified when you started working there. Is that right? Or was you? I was, yeah. Yeah. So you you started teaching there way before me um, and then got into golf sales. Uh, At what point during your time at McInnes then did you maybe start thinking about becoming a club manager or taking a management role? It was around the time the PGA brought out the director of golf qualification and okay. there were a lot of seminars and stuff that were going on at the time that a lot of PGA pros were sort of taking an avenue down a management side. Mm. And the the guys that we had working there, uh, Gareth, Mark and a few others, they were entrenched in the management side of things and it sort of rubbed off really and I really enjoyed it. Um, every day seemed to be a different day, different challenge. And at Mahanis, we're going into the, the sort of duty manager role. So you're looking at all the sort of multifunctional parts of the business and it really interested me. So then mm. looking at a, a golf club and I thought, coming to a, wasn't sure that a stick with a private members club or to go to a, a, another sort of proprietary owned club. But um, yeah, it was nice to see both sides of it, but it sort of it progressed from there. Then in the qualifications just sort of added to it and um, just, just love that side of things. Yeah, that's, that's good. It must be quite interesting from a management perspective coming from a, um, a privately owned club, which has got a spa um, with a jacuzzi and a steam room, a gym, uh, you know, they've got a restaurant upstairs kind of thing. And then going to a members club then, which obviously is very, very different in terms of the way in which they run it. Um, how, how was that kind of like transition for you going from McInnes to Langland Bay? Did you, fi- did you find it easy? Did you find it hard? Was there a lot of surprises along the way? Give, give us, give us your, your kind of, uh, yeah, your experience there. Um, I did find it quite hard because coming from a corporate, privately mm. owned sort of machine that Bahannis was, the perception from the members at this members club was that I was going to make it corporate. They knew what my targets were, what the board at the time wanted me to do, increasing revenue, all the revenue streams. Um, the club back then wasn't in financial difficulty, but it certainly needed to increase all the revenue streams. So it was trying to do it in a way that didn't make us look desperate, didn't make me look to just flood the golf course with visitors, but it had to be a, a very good balance. Yeah. So I knew a lot of the members that were here from when I was here before, but obviously a lot of other members as well. So I had to try and communicate with them as much as I could that I wasn't going to make it a corporate venue. It's very much a members club. And uh, I was here to help and just trying to progress the club and then get involved with the golf course and more of the agronomy side of things. And then mm. the members sort of bought into it after a while and, and knew that I was there to, to do some good. Uh, so that was quite a hard sort of transitional period, really. And also at Mahanis, we had a lot of different departments, the finance department, everything went to there. At a members club, as Damien knows all very well, it all comes to us, all lands on our desk. And uh, I was 
not surprised, but it, the, the the volume of of admin work really did surprise me at the start. Yeah. And um, my assistant I got in the office is a, is a great help and takes away some of that for me. But that was um, it was quite difficult when you got all the health and safety, all the risk assessments. That in itself is a is a massive job. So to have it all land on your desk in the first couple of weeks, that was quite daunting. Yeah. Broad range, broad ranging is the uh, the phrase. That's, I think that's a great way of looking at it. <laughs> It, it is um, like I, I've never been in uh, a, a management role at a golf club, and uh, it is really interesting for me when I kind of like as I, I spend a lot of time with the members, as any golf pro does, you know, just chatting to the members, and um, I, I don't think a lot of members really understand kind of like the the role and the intricacies that, that's involved in a club manager's role and just the volume of different jobs that they actually do. And I certainly see what Damien does on a daily basis. And, um, you know, it's it's just incredible, like the, the different jobs that you do, uh, like all of the interruptions that kind of happen through the day. And it's not so much members interrupting, but it's just you know, just generally being interrupted by things which, you know, you just don't expect. And I'm, I'm sure there's circumstances which you've experienced and at a members club where, you know, you're like, right, I'm going to get on with this now and I'm going to crack on with, you know, trying to promote this through social media or try and, you know, activate this kind of uh, offer. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you're chasing somebody off the golf course because they're, you know, they're, they're coming on with a surfboard or something, or <laughs> I'm sure there's all sorts of stuff that you've got to deal with. All sorts of stuff. Um, it's probably the same as Damien, the planning side of things. I think I've only had one week here where it was relatively quiet because it rained most of the week where everything I planned the night before, the weekend before, and I try to plan as much as I can as to know what I've got to get through, uh, whether it be deadlines for different things or whatever. And I think I've only had one week in the 11 years I've been here where everything has gone to plan. Yeah. So many interruptions. and it's one more than me. Damien, no, you can plan everything, but then somebody comes in and then something else happens as a health and safety issue or whatever it may be. But it's... Uh, it's certainly a very varied role and nothing ever goes to plan. Yeah, it'll be really interesting and maybe to get your input on this as well, Damien. But I mean, from where I look at it, I I think that as as bad as these lockdowns have been for golf clubs and, you know, I sympathise with every member of a golf club who has probably, you know, paid their fees on a monthly basis to keep the golf club going uh, and not being able to play is, you know, such a frustrating situation but I think that from a manager's standpoint going forward I think the value of actually getting out of the golf club and working from home to get stuff done I think there's going to be a lot of managers who are probably going to look back on this time and think well actually I need to work from home one or two days a week even during normal circumstances because I can get so much work done and it'll be really interesting to see that you know, maybe with you and maybe Damien with you, perhaps if that is going to benefit you and perhaps one potential uh, benefit of coming through this lockdown is going to be that where maybe, you know, golf clubs will benefit from the managers just seeing, oh my God. It's you know, certainly I, been, um, it's easier to, um, as, as Andrew said, he's planning to try and get, dead, you know, do something to a certain deadline. Yeah. I mean, recently we've had, you know, there's, there's been grants available for certain things you've had to apply for them to actually get down get your head down and actually concentrate on that it's been a lot easier for me doing it at home 
Um, and sometimes in the evening, when I know the phone's not going to ring, it, and and you just got to, you know, when you're you're trying to justify what you're applying for. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were lucky. We, we you know we've got it. We've had a, a grant for two compostable toilets on the golf club through the RNA Winter Sustainability Fund. But you know, you, I was trying to justify <laughs> toilets. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so, uh, but it was easier to do that. You know, certainly from home, and, and uh, so those sort of those sort of projects. Yes, I, I think it's um, if in the future, and we got a similar project, I will probably end up doing it at home. I yeah, think. I, I I think it, it'll benefit the golf club in the long term because, like, I don't know if you agree, but the way I look at you, Damien, in particular, is that I would be very surprised when you're here during the week is that if you could actually get a block of 30 minutes with almost zero interruptions, <laughs> like it's almost impossible, I would say, for you just to say, right, I've got this task, I've got 30 minutes, I need no interruptions, but I want to be in my office, go. <laughs> it's not I, don't think, I mean, obviously, um, I know Langland, you know, you've got more members than we have at Ashburnham. So if it goes on a scale of, you know, um, you, I'm sure Andrew has more people pop into mm, the office mm. than I do here at Ashburnham, and, and it's great to see the members. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. always it's it's always um, you know, it's always genuine stuff that they yeah, yeah. that you having to deal with, and that's part of the job, which is great. You know, and there's also the visitors as well. Um, but it, I'm not sure how many members you've got there, Andrew. But it's, I know it's more than Ash, so you probably get more interruptions than than I do. Um, um, and I think you know you get a lot of visitors at Langland as well, which obviously you said you know you've you've increased the revenue stream, but it's a balancing act, isn't it, between um, you know, making sure you can give the members enough times whilst generating maximum income from visitors. And I think that's going to be a real um, balancing act when we when we reopen, mm. because you know we've got visitor bookings that have been booked probably for a year now in the diary we don't know when we're going to open um we know that you know we want to make sure that the members can get on the golf course um, but we've also got some bookings that are already in the in the diary from months ago yeah, so it's going to be a balancing act of trying to accommodate you know the income from the visitors whilst getting members on the golf course mm-hmm. that's, that's exactly the same with me going back slightly to what we said initially i've always always an open door policy here with communication with the members is absolutely key and it's great to have them coming in, having a chat. My assistant as well is, is life and soul of the club. So people come in, speak to him, speak to me. We have a bit of a laugh and it's a good rapport with the members. But to get that balance between knuckling down, getting your work done and also speaking to them is quite difficult. But mm. we, we're going to have exactly the same issues as what you just said then, having that balancing act with members and visitors. And I don't think any club was perfect last year because we didn't know what was going on. And when we came out of lockdown and the restrictions were there for one balls and two balls and the other things, Tom, that you said we'll probably go into, there were so many things that we hadn't um, thought were going to come up and so many things that were just unique to the business in general that I think a lot of golfers made a few mistakes regarding that. And I think mm-hmm. visitor revenue for us, we, we, like every golf club, need visitors on the golf course to be able to invest in the golf club for next year. And our visitor revenue is, in effect, our profit that we can um, flatten greet, we can flatten tees, we can irrigate, uh, we can do drainage. All the five-year plan we have is based on that additional revenue, which predominantly is visitors. So to have 
we, we certainly are going to take a hit on visitors this year out of choice um, because our members are a priority exactly the same as yours. Um, but it is going to be tough, I've got to say, and, and that balancing act on a yearly basis, which is quite tough, I think is going to be even tougher this year. And we're bound to make mistakes and book a few in at the wrong times or, or annoy some people. But I think as long as we we appreciate that we've got to reduce them and, and our members come first, that's going to be key. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but that that is such a difficult balancing act, isn't it? It's uh, very, very difficult to nail that. It, it also It's also a knock-on effect is you know, um, balancing it. the visitors will bring income into the shop. They will bring additional income to the catering as well. Uh, as you know, I know. So yeah, it's going to be, mm. it is going to be um, balancing it. We don't want to upset any members, but we want to maximize income. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, we've got bookings that are already in place, but it's just trying to be very careful with new bookings as they come in, trying to assess, like, can we accept this booking from visitors? Can we not? Yeah, um, I think it's going to be easier when we've got a date for opening. Mm. At least then we, you know, we we know when we're we're going to be getting members back on the golf course, uh, whatever guys that may be, two balls, four balls. Mm. Um, and I think then then it would be easier to if a, mem- a visitor comes along with a date saying, "Can I can I book times on this date?" It'd be an easier way to say, "Unfortunately, you can't," or "Yes, we can accommodate you on that day." Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... We, we, we've got a lot of work to, to do ahead, haven't we? To be fair, all of us. <laughs> but yes. but but looking back at uh, the last year, then and for you, uh, we've obviously had three official lockdowns. Uh, the first one being just about a year ago. We had the fire break two weeks and the lockdown, which we're going through now. G- give give us a rundown on some of the things that you guys have had to do differently. Uh, when we come out of those lockdowns and we've had to, you know, open our doors to, to members and visitors compared to normal circumstances. And maybe, Damien, we can give an idea on some of the things we've done and just to see if there's any comparisons there on the way through. Sure. Um, well, we had the local authority come to us at an early stage and um, we're sort of situated in an area where the beach is down the road, so the police were doing a lot of uh, drive-bys if you like trying to make sure that anyone wasn't really taking the mick and either playing golf or being here where they shouldn't and there were a lot of locals who were on the golf course messing about so um from from the opening side of things initially when we were one balls and they went on to two members couldn't congregate they had to go straight away and it was really hard to get members to get in their cars and go because they hadn't seen their mates that they were playing behind or in front for ages and we didn't really know what two metres was at the time, social distancing, it was sort of all new, so they were quite close together. We were going out saying, right, gents, it's good to see you, but you've got to go now. So that was um, that was quite a difficult part. But then as we were going more into it then with the, the locker rooms just about opened and then we had to shut them again, no showers, which was uh, which was obviously tricky. So, And then when we're going through the season, then just having limited numbers on outdoor spaces, our outdoor space isn't big enough, we're looking to make it slightly bigger. But at the time, we were really struggling I mean, we've got quite a, a small car park here. So they're trying to put some tables and chairs on the car park, then reduce the car parking spaces. Everything seemed to have a knock-on effect. And that was yeah. just before you even step foot on the golf course. And then adapting the flag sticks, taking the, the rakes in, adapting the rules of golf then for the bunkers. Um, then social golf only, members want competitions, right? We bring competitions in. But there are loads of restrictions with competitions and everything had about sort of five or six different sort of knock-ons which just increased the volume of emails and phone calls of members coming in and it was it was really tough to, to do all of that initially 
um, spacing out the chairs inside. We adapt all of our function room then throughout the summer. So we, we obviously couldn't have any functions in there. We had big boards up with big screens and uh, uh, everything. One-way systems around the clubhouse. Um, all golfers don't read signs, all of them go in the wrong way on the clubhouse. It was just... Uh, it was just a full-time job and, and chaos, but it was, just, it was for their own benefit, for their own safety, but trying to get them into the habit of, of doing that was, was quite tough. And it's the same when a, a supermarket or anything, people are doing the wrong things. But um, it was tough trying to manage that, getting the staff to police it as well was quite tough. Yeah, um, yeah just knock-on effect after knock-on effect, really. Mm. I think similar to Ashburnham in terms of the... Um, sorry, Tom. No, it's okay. Um, it's okay. You go it, for it. In terms of is, you know, what Andrew said there is, you know, making sure that that the that the the internals of the clubhouse, making sure the tables. I mean, we've got our, our spike bars absolutely full of excess furniture at the moment because you know it's so spread out. Um, we've tried using the we got the function room, um, which has helped, and obviously in the summer we've got a nice large outside area which we can utilise, especially with the the grass area by the net. So you know that that was that was handy for us um, when the weather's good, and I'm sure that will come in very handy this this year, so that we can accommodate a reasonable number of people, you know, outside uh, social distancing. Mm-hmm. And, and and just just out of interest, how like ov- obviously people get into um, especially at a golf club that they might might have been there for you know twenty thirty forty years. Uh, they're in their own little routine of parking in their own little spot, going into the clubhouse a certain way, um, you know, just going about their day uh, and playing golf like they normally would. What what was kind of the reaction to some of the restrictions that you guys put in place uh, from your members? I think he's frozen, Tom. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he's definitely frozen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just we'll just give it we'll give him a second to come back yeah, here. Yeah. Um, but but D- Damien, maybe um, while Andrew's reconnecting here, um, we can talk a little bit about uh, you know some of the restrictions and some of the reactions that we had from from some of the members. Uh, I mean, for the way I look at it, I think some of our members have um, just taken on board everything quite well. Um, the members have been brilliant. Yeah, I agree. Know, absolutely. I agree. Um, it's, it's been, you know, they understand the position. It's, you know, the restrictions, you know, are everywhere. Whether you go to the supermarket, well, even though some supermarkets people say they they aren't, but shops and uh, you, it's just just people being sensible. There are obviously officers out there who are specifically now going they're employed by the council yeah to to check on businesses mm. um so we've just got to be very careful the last thing we want is is any any threat to having to close yeah yeah i agree you know so that and us as long as everybody whether they're staff members visitors uh, just obey by the rules mm. just social distance then there's no threat to yeah. to any to the golf club, and it's not just the golf club. It's members being able to play golf, visitors playing golf. It's you know businesses like you know you rely upon that as well as for your business. Yeah, de- definitely. Um, um, but, but the members have been have been brilliant, and you know, luckily we're in a sport where where you know 
golf is deemed to be one of the safest sports, especially yeah. when it's been outside. Um, and I think, I think when we do start back, I think it'll be very similar to when we started back last year. The clubhouse will be closed. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it probably will be play golf and get in your car and go straight home. Yeah. I would imagine that would be similar. Uh, it's quite it's quite interesting, right? Because obviously we, we we've got I think all golfers now have got a date in mind that we're going to be reopen. Uh, which uh, is it the fifteenth of March? Now the reviews on the twelfth of March. Yeah, so so that, um, that that's the day where everybody thinks that we're going to be um, be open. And yeah. you, you, England you, are coming back on the twenty ninth of March. I know we're it. different, but that's yeah. the date that England have set for for opening. Yeah. So so you you wouldn't believe, right? How many golfers and clients of mine um, are trying to book in for the 15th, the 16th, the 17th, the 18th for lessons, for fit-ins. And I'm saying to them, you know, don't don't forget that, you know, the golf course might be open, the shop may not be open, <laughs> and certainly the studio uh, and indoor coaching and fit-in might also not be permitted. Um and I've had I've had some really interesting reactions, not so much from members, but um, from a few visitors uh, and from a few clients who are not from here. Um, they they almost think that I'm being funny with them about it, and I'm just trying to set expectations. Whereas, like in my mind, I'm thinking that you know the golf course is going to be open first. Yes, we might we, the shop might be open, so we can check people in. Um, but I'm probably not going to be able to do any coaching or fitting indoors for at least a couple of weeks. I would say. Um, but it's quite it's quite interesting to try and set people's expectations, and I, I think people have got this date in mind of the fifteenth of March, expecting everything to be open, and I, I'm I'm just not sure it's going to be the case, to be honest. Have you got any indication from the PGA, Tom? On on no, I don't, no, on, we on, on sort of the coaching or no, we we had a we had an email uh, in the last couple of days since Boris Johnson uh, announced you know that that date of outdoor sports resuming on the 29th. ninth, um, but I don't think there's been any communication with regards to coaching and fitting. Um, but but yeah, I mean, if if we just base base this lockdown on last lockdown then, you know, there was a big delay in kind of like the outdoor stuff opening and us being able to fit and coach indoors. Um, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting. And, and I'm sure Jonathan is in a similar position with you as well. And, um, you know, with his studio in, in the back there in Langland. And, um, you know, it's, it's a big, important part of the business. Massively. I mean, he's, he's resolved to the fact that, you know, it's going to be a long time probably until... The, the operations of the shop there can go ahead the way they are because mm. it, it tapers quite narrow as you go into the back room as of the you know the airflow in the back the numbers he's, he's allowed in there so there's going to be quite a few things to, to change and I mean initially they sort of speculated on the fact that we closed in four balls and coaching was allowed I think a few people have said well we're, we're bound to open now in four balls and coaching allowed because we can exercise it nobody knows so yeah, exactly we'll have to <laughs> see what happens on the and the members are saying oh definitely back on the 15th and I don't know exactly what you're saying we're getting phone calls too and we've had some sort of different reactions to it exactly the same as yourself where we're not yeah. trying to put people off we're just exactly as you said managing expectations saying don't be disheartened if you can't come here because we probably will have loads of restrictions in yeah. place. And and the, the, the truth of it is, and I'm sure everyone, Damien, and you'll agree with this, is, you know, we, we sympathise with, with everyone. And, 
you know, I, I feel sorry for a lot of the members who, who want to come back and play and, you know, have been paying their money all the way through lockdown. Um, and there's no, there's nobody that wants golf to resume under normal circumstances more than myself. And, and I probably represent all PGA pros uh, when, when I say that because, you know, it's not that I don't want to be stuck in the shop nine to five. It's more that, you know, I want to be coaching. I want to be helping people. I want to see them improving their games. You know, I want to see people, their reaction to when, you know, I give them a club and it's slightly different to their last one and they see a better performance. You know, that that's what that's why I'm in it. And, you know, I, I can't wait to get back to that. But just got to be patient and just try and set people's expectations correctly. I think it was something that the PGA said a while ago that all golf club managers and PGA pros are all in the entertainment business. Yeah. And we are in a way where they're to entertain our clients, our members, and, and make, you know, they're paying to come here. We want them to be happy. We want them back ASAP. Yeah. And the same as, as Damien and yourself, I do feel really sorry for them because we want them to enjoy the course. We're ready to go. Um, and as soon as they come back, it's going to be great. And hopefully this will be the last lockdown then. Yeah, yeah, f- fingers crossed. So we, we, we dropped out a little bit there and... Um, well, we were talking about, you know, kind of how some of the members have reacted to, you know, the restrictions within the club. Um, and you probably missed everything that Damien said there about our members. Um, but just give us a bit of a bit of an idea on um, some of the things that perhaps your members have struggled with, maybe, um, you know, if if they've taken the uh, the restrictions really well, really badly. Uh, give, give us a bit of a rundown on, on kind of what's happened at Langland. Um, I think because people that I've experienced here, because they come to the golf club regularly, they're creatures of habit. They like, as you mentioned before, I, I, I cut off there. Um, they park in the same car parking space. They'll do the same regime. Yeah. They'll go to the practice nets. They'll go down to the putting green. Um, they might go for a coffee, come back. If they don't do that regular regime, they're completely lost. And I yeah. completely get that. Um, but we have been... Uh, sort of accused in a way of being a bit over the top regarding some of the things that we put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, the things are only in place to safeguard our members and the staff. So we're not trying to be awkward about it. And as I said, we've had a lot of um, the police have had visits here. The local authority have had visits just to double check to see we're doing everything right. Our insurance company have asked for everything done just you know as, as, as heavily as we can. So the restrictions did look really, really hard and harsh, but we didn't want to do any of that. It's just something that we, we had to put in place because we couldn't have opened otherwise. So I did have a lot of um, a lot of members sort of saying, do we have to do this? That's a bit over the top. So the, the feeling of they couldn't do their normal routine at the golf club, it was quite tough. Mm. Um, but I think after a while, I think it, it, it for all golfers, it was a case of, okay, I'm glad to be out. I'm glad to be back on the golf course. It's the start of things to come. Um, I'm just happy with what we've got and hopefully we'll progress from there, which we did quite nicely throughout the season. Mm. Uh, and hopefully that progresses even quicker this time. Yeah, it's it, Damien. I, I don't know whether you agree or not, but it sounds like Langland and Ashburnham have had very similar. I mean, all golf clubs really should be in a similar situation, but it doesn't sound like uh, Langland have had any extra restrictions than us, and vice versa. Do you agree? It is sounds similar. I mean, the rules yeah. the rules are the same for for every club. You know, there yeah. is. The advice there's advice given by you know, the government and, and Wales Golf, which goes out to all the golf mm. courses. Um, you've got to abide by what's in place, assess do your risk assessments, and um, try and make it as safe as possible, mm. whilst not you know 
by limiting the, the restrictions as best you can. Yeah. You know, so but there are certain restrictions that you have to put in place. There's there's no two ways about it. And as we when when Andrew was offline, you know, I said, you know, it's as long as everybody just adheres to the regulations, then there's no threat to the golf club. There's no threat to it being um, shut down or, um, you know, and as long as everybody, staff, members, visitors, just adhere to it, just keep their distance, um, then then there's just no threat to the golf course and everybody can carry on playing golf. And that's what we're here for, is people to enjoy their golf. Um it might be in a slightly different guise at the moment in terms of arriving and leaving. You might have to, as, as Andrew says, you might just have to, once you finish your round of golf, get in your car and, and go home. Um, but that's, unfortunately, that's that might well be the position to, for, a, for a period of time. But at least we'll be on the golf course playing golf and hopefully, you know, enjoying enjoying the golf course, especially, you know, coming into the spring um, and, and hopefully getting some competitions underway as well. Yeah, I my my vision is that this is what all the members of every golf club deserves anyway, um, and I really mean this: is that the day that we come out of lockdown, and when I say come out of lockdown, what I mean is the day that members are allowed to go back on the golf course, is we get nine or ten weeks of weather like we did when we went into lockdown last year um, because that that's exactly what every single member at all golf clubs deserve is they deserve a very long period of playing consistent golf uh, in great weather hopefully the condition of the golf course you know all golf courses will catch up um, quite quickly when we get back going and um, yeah I, I just really really hope that's the case that'd be amazing yeah, <laughs> it was brilliant. Remember last time it was boiling hot, and members were walking up here having a bit of exercise, and it was sacrilege, really. The fact that the course, all the courses were looking amazing, the weather was superb, yeah. but everyone was told yeah. to stay in the house. So yeah, I agree with that. That would be great. Yeah, it was. It I'm was, not, not asking was, for much as long as it's sort of sunny until the end of July, August. That would be perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the key is once we reopen, we just were able to stay open right through the golfing yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, big time, definitely. Yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see what kind of because um, I know I think there's an announcement on Friday, isn't there, where the first minute minister is going to, uh, from what I believe anyway, is going to roll out his um, exit or lockdown, from what I understand. But um, certainly- we've also got the budget on the third of March as well, which you know that you know when you're talking of uh, furlough schemes or grants mm. or support from the financial side, yeah, um, there could be some significant announcements on 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 then um, yeah yeah well let's just let's just hope it's all positive and we can all get back to um back to to playing golf welcoming the members back and uh yeah just creating a great environment for all of our guests visitors and, and clients you got plenty of new kit as well from the delivery i was on monday um yeah well b- believe it or not that's all uh demo gear um yeah, so none, none of that is sitting in the shop at the moment. Um, that that's going to be in another another delivery, but um, that that's been one of my tasks actually over the last week or so is just sorting out uh, the studio, making sure that all of the shafts in there uh, are really organised so that you know when I am doing a fit in, I can easily find you know the shaft that I need to find, um, which 
you know, when you've done two or three fittings in a row towards the end of the day, that can be a real, uh, a real interesting <laughs> situation when there's shafts everywhere, heads everywhere. Because it's not that you're in a rush, but you know, you just want to kind of you don't want to keep the clients waiting and you know, changing shafts, changing heads. It takes time, um, but in in a way, it's been good to kind of you know have a little break so I can look at that, um, you know, with a fresh set of eyes and just think right, you know, doing a session. What is the easiest way for me to set up the studio? And um, I've got to say, and I'm sure anybody would expect me to say this, but I'm just really proud of kind of some of the adjustments and changes and that we've made in there. And uh, I, I'm so excited to get back, uh, fitting, coaching, running the shop. Uh, and I, I don't think I've had this feeling for, for quite a while, to be honest. Um, it's mega excited. Do you miss it, Andrew, the coaching side? Uh, having been a PGA qualifier, you know, you're, you're a PGA you know, do you miss that side of the business? No, you are. Um, I, I still do a bit of coaching. Uh, I did a bit last year, probably more last year than I have over the last couple of years. So I, I try to keep my hand in each year. Um, but I mean, there's PGA pros, and then Tom, I've got to say, is the is a perfectionist when it comes to this sort of thing. So I, I bet that bit, that bit of time um, sorting things out and, and getting everything going, I bet he's going to start off. Uh, Really hitting the ground, sprinting. Oh, and we it was looking good up. in there. Well, it was uh, it was clubs everywhere on Monday when I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it, but uh, no, it was it was starting to look really good. Yeah, it looked good. I got I got a funny story for you actually, Damien. So when me and Andrew were working in uh, McInnes, um Andrew was already qualified, and he was uh, doing a lot more of the junior groups than I was, and uh, I started doing some some peewee coaching. And the peewee coaching was for juniors between the ages of four and six. And I've got to be honest, I used to really, really enjoy it. Uh, and one of my one of my kind of memories of doing the coaching there is involves Andrew quite a bit. Um, but I'll I'll give you another story as well. So I was uh, doing doing the warm up with this group, right? And this this group, they they were just amazing. These kids, right? Like considering they were between the ages of four and six really switched on you know they would talk very intelligent to me uh, or intelligently to me you know week in week out and I just used to love coaching them and I just remember one of the first sessions I'd done with them they were all lined up um, and I was doing a warm-up with them and you know all the kids they would turn up with their scarlet gear on and you know they'd all love kind of Dwayne Peel, Stephen Jones and anyone else who was playing for the Scarlets at the time and I just remember saying to this whole group, and all the parents were there, and I said to them, right, we're going to do a warm-up now, just like Dwayne Peel and Stephen Jones do before they play rugby. And they all, you know, they, I got their attention, and I thought, oh, this is going to be a brilliant session now, and I'm going to show off my skills in front of the parents. And um, I was just about to get them to start doing the warm-up, and I said, right, you all love Dwayne Peel and Stephen Jones, and what I want you to do is just tell me exactly what they do before they start playing golf. And in my mind, uh, it, before they start playing rugby, and in my mind, I thought they were going to say, they go on the pitch and do a little warm-up. And do you know what they said to me? Sing the national anthem. <laughs> 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 they literally made me look about um, two feet tall. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was heartbroken. And all the parents started, uh, started laughing. Um, but my other memory of coaching, actually, uh, which involves Andrew, is there was this... Um, this junior, I won't, I won't mention his name because I'm probably going to get it wrong anyway. Um, but quite a challenge to keep him uh, under control for 30 minutes, Damien, right? So um, at the time, I was having a bit of a shuffle around uh, with my classes, with the times. And I changed the time of one of my classes. And this particular junior, 
um, couldn't make it at the new time. So I said, no problem. I'll hand you over to Andrew. Um, and I gave, I gave this business then to Andrew. And I'm sure Andrew will remember this. And uh, I remember passing Andrew when he was doing this junior coaching with this new junior who was in his class. And the junior, rather than hitting the golf balls down the range, he was turn, he turned around and he was teeing the golf ball up, aiming at Andrew. <laughs> and Andrew was running up and down, trying to run away from this, this kid trying to hit golf balls at him. <laughs> You, you sold that quite well to me. You said you're going to give me a bit of business. I said, oh, thanks very much, Tom. Yeah. I've got a junior going to come in your class. Oh, listen, thanks very much. You told me who he was. I didn't really know much about him, but my God, he was like a Tasmanian devil. But I, I, it was at the Matrix doing that, uh, <laughs> doing that lesson. I was dodging balls. Like well, the, the, one, the one thing you'll always get from me is honesty, and I did give you business. Um, you did? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I obviously knew what I was kind of, um, I, I was putting Not across. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, interesting couple of sessions there for you. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> That was good. Brilliant. That yeah. was good. Do you do you do much junior coaching at all, and? Um, I don't know. Jonathan and his assistant do the junior coaching here. I, yeah, I generally okay. do the individuals, and uh, like I said, last year was pretty good. Did, did quite a few last year, and yeah. um, some more. I've got blocks for this year, but um, I really enjoy it. I think we did so much at Machanes in particular that mm. it's good to uh, to just keep it going. But um, the juniors were a challenge. I did enjoy it, but um, no, I'll, I'm happily to pass that on now. <laughs> 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 amazing amazing um out of interest and when the members come back whatever date they're allowed back um what's what's in store for them uh, at langland um we are looking at rules at the moment to put in place to try and get them more availability on the golf course and it, it revolves around um visitors tour operators team games various stuff that's that's booked in and where we're going to give them quite a, a long period of no visitors and hopefully try and maximize tea times, not to the detriment of the speed of play. So just trying to get as many out as we can. Uh, obviously, but the tea booking system is is fantastic for track and trace. So all the members free times we have where they could just mm-hmm. rock up on with the tea, they've all be gone. So they can book their times exactly where they are. Hopefully it won't be restricted into four ball, into three balls or twos. So our main aim is to maximize time on the golf course for them as much as we can. And I think we are probably going to look at a, a social golf only policy, even if we're not told to do it. So that you just get the momentum of golf up there, first of all, without introducing any competitions. Mm. Uh, our members like yours just love comp. So the quicker we mm. can get it in, in place, the better. But I think initially we probably will run a social golf only for them uh, to just get it back on the golf course and then, and then gradually progress from there then. Mm. So, so like with your course then, Literally from Monday to Friday, it's just jam-packed with members. Last year was the busiest year I've ever seen. Uh, there were weeks that went by where we didn't have any free times whatsoever. Wow. Um, when we had the Saturday competitions, we had people booking. It goes online 10 days out, 7 o'clock in the morning, and it crashed the system three or four times because so many people were going on there trying to book. Wow. Uh, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest, which was great, but... Nobody was going away. Nobody was going to watch the Swans. Nobody was doing any other sports. Uh, they were just golf mad, which was great. But um, it was with the tee booking system took a hammer in. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm expecting the same this year as a lot of other golf clubs are. So like I say, just trying to maximise as many tee times as we can really to try and just get them out. But you had them come, gonna... come, coming in in the dark then, did you? Well, sometimes we, we did, yeah. Um, 
whether we restrict it to uh, two games a week initially, uh, just to try and get everybody to get onto the golf course, uh, we probably are going to do that for the first couple of weeks. Did you do that last time? Did you did you restrict the number of games per member in we, last year? We did maximum of two, and because it was all new, um, I did get a lot of hassle for that. Um, so we upped it to three, but then I got extra hassle for that because people then couldn't get tea time. So what we're probably going to do this this time when we open back up is uh, maximum two games a week. But if on the day, on their third day, um, the tea time is free, nobody else books it. They can book it that morning. Mm. So they could effectively play seven times in a week if there are free tea times there, but they can only pre-book two. Um, speaking to other golf clubs, that's what quite a few are doing, but it depends on 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 the makeup, the logistics of the club and things, but um, we're definitely going to limit them to try and get as many members as we can out there to play golf, first of all. Yes, it's, it's, t- it's tough, isn't it? Because, like, you, I, I, don't, I don't think any restriction that you put in is going to please everyone. And, no, you know, no. you, you, you think about, like, I, I could think about members who, who play, you know, pretty much on a daily basis here. Um, and... You know, to take them out of that routine again is is obviously going to be very difficult. But at the same time, you've you've got to make it fair for all members to be able to play. Um, and like you say, it, it's it's a tough balancing act trying to please those members who want to play maybe three, four times a week, and then maybe that you know that one guy or one lady who you know they've got one opportunity to play a week and. You know, they, they, they really want to get a game and it might be weeks before they could actually play if you don't put, you know, restrictions like that in place. But, um, yeah, let's, 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 let's hope that, you know, we, we can get back to normality pretty soon anyway. Well, let's, let's hope it comes back in four balls and the weather's good like last year. And... Exactly. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. I, one of the other things we didn't really take into account for a great deal initially was that people are still working, albeit working from home. So people could still only play on a weekend. Mm. So when we did allow sort of three games, people were booking up whenever they wanted to. So we yeah. needed to be fair then as well to the ones, as I said, a knock-on effect for everything we had. So, uh, yeah, as you say, Damien, four balls, less restrictions, let's get going. That'd be brilliant. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tough old year, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um... And, I, and I, 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 like like I said earlier, I really, really feel sorry for a lot of the members. I can't personally. I can't wait to uh, to welcome them back to the golf course and the golf club. Um, and fingers crossed, they're going to have that eight, nine, ten weeks of just amazing weather like we did last year. I'd be over the moon for them. That'd be yeah, absolutely that'd perfect. Be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Damien. I, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add there. We've been going forty odd, forty six minutes. Um, but, no, I, and I, you know, there's, there's going to be, it's going to be difficult for the golf clubs to manage, but I'm sure the members at Langland are the same, but, you know, the, the members at Ashburnham have, have been brilliant. Mm. You know, they are understanding of the position, especially when, you know, you've got, you know, you're paying subscriptions and you can't play. Mm. The restrictions are in position when you arrive and you leave. Um but it's it's to the benefit of everybody to to be able to play golf safely and enjoy the golf. But but the you know the members have been have been brilliant and hopefully, as you say, Tom, that we can when we do open, we can they can get the best of the weather and, and really enjoy it. Yeah, ours have been fantastic as well. In fairness, so it's uh, like I said, it'd be great to sort of give back to them now and 
get everything going and uh, hopefully they can they can all enjoy it. But um, yeah, I mean, all members who have stuck with us, the same with yours, have been absolutely fantastic considering they haven't been able to play any golf. So mm. really appreciated mm. for that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, th- I think I think that's going to be quite valuable, certainly for our members, Damien, and I'm sure, and for for any of your members who get to listen to this podcast, um, it'd be good for them to see a perspective from you know a completely different club. Um, I mean, we I think we've had probably a little bit more restrictions than maybe what you've had in terms of you know Clanetley Town being locked down itself so we had a, a lot of members you know during that time who you know couldn't couldn't get to the golf course even though they only lived two two or three miles down the road um of course yeah 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 um but um but yeah I mean I I, th- I think it's quite valuable for for a lot of members just to see what other clubs are doing and you know the restrictions they've had to put in place and I, I think the bottom line to it is you know we kind of we're all in this together we've all got similar restrictions all the members in all clubs must feel very frustrated and um, I just hope from this podcast that the members can just see and hear in our voices that you know we really do sympathise with them and um, yeah, we literally can't wait for them to come back. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Damien, Andrew, I want to say a big thank you unless there's anything else that you want to mention. Um, you know, before we finish, I just want to say a big thank you for your time. Um, really good podcast, good and good to speak to you. Uh, good to reminisce there on uh, on our junior coaching days in Machenis. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see it now. Um, but yeah, want to say a big thank you um, and good luck with the reopening. And um, yeah, fingers crossed, we can. Yeah, we'll we'll I'll see you soon. And to you both, thank you very much uh, for the opportunity for coming on here. As you say, great to talk about the different golf clubs and the the similarities there, but really appreciate the opportunity and great to see you both. Yep, see you both soon. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Thanks, Andrew. Brilliant. Thanks a lot.